Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Ryan Wolt. Welcome to the Cheers North County podcast presented by the Coast News Group. Today, I'm virtually meeting up with Megan Williams and Nathan Serrato of the Escondido Creek Conservancy. Megan is the development associate, and Nathan is their marketing and volunteer manager. We're going to talk about the efforts of the Conservancy, how the pandemic has impacted their efforts, and some of the special projects they've been working on. The Escondido Creek Conservancy has been focused on the health and vitality of the Escondido Creek watershed, and since 1991, they've helped preserve thousands of acres of land. They also act as land stewards for some of my favorite North County spaces, like the Elfin Forest. You can find out all of the details about those efforts at EscondidoCreek.org. We'll get to our conversation with Nathan and Megan in a moment. But first, a reminder that the Coast News has been your leading local voice, bringing North County, San Diego, the news of the neighborhood for over 34 years. Independent news outlets are more important than ever. If you'd like to show your support, consider becoming a monthly donor to the podcast. Just click the support button on our podcast homepage at thecoastnews.com. And now, it's time for the show. Hello, welcome. Hey, nice to see you, Ryan. Good to see you guys. Thanks for uh, joining me on a podcast today. Absolutely. I appreciate it. It does not look like you're in the office. <laughs> we are no, not. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been back to the office in like five months? I started going back for a week right before um, the restrictions went back into place. So, yeah. Okay. I have not. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I really appreciate you guys uh, joining the show today. You guys got something to drink over there? I do. Uh, how about you, Megan? What do you got? I have a like a berry iced tea. <laughs> That's perfect. That's refreshing. It's hot it today. Hot. How about you, Nathan? Uh, I have a, a mint iced tea. A uh, mint iced tea. <laughs> Man, and I was gonna make a like an ice cream drink, and I thought that just seems like so much work, and you guys are making me look bad. <laughs> I've been thinking about you guys a lot and just about nonprofits a lot during this time. Obviously, you came into 2020 probably with a lot of plans for what you'd be doing at this time of year and how things would go and what your goals were. And that's, I'm assuming, changed. So I'm hoping you can tell me a little bit about what Escondido Creek Conservancy has done in the past and what is it doing now and how you've adapted to kind of this new world. All right. Well... So the Escondido Creek Conservancy, for anyone who doesn't know, our mission is to protect and restore the uh, Escondido Creek watershed. So we like to keep open spaces for native habitat and wildlife to thrive. Work has gone on pretty much the same. I think the biggest changes, you know, land management is still happening. Land acquisition is still happening. The biggest changes have been more in probably the fundraising side, the development side, and a little bit of your side on communications, right, Nathan? Yeah, and, and education has definitely had to adapt. Yes, they had to adapt, but they're still, you know, moving forward, just changing. Yeah, you, you mentioned, I was going to say you mentioned fundraising. How does that even work? I mean, I think everyone is kind of on eggshells a little bit, and you guys are out there trying to raise money for a project and asking people for money. How do you approach that? Uh, pretty carefully. So fundraising is down, I would say roughly 30%. When the shelter in place order initially was put out there, we were really sensitive to other organizations and people in the community. So we were, we kind of put our fundraising needs on pause and 
The only ask we really did was through Facebook, and it was to to have our supporters and donors donate to the San Diego Food Bank, since they were an organization that was right on the front line of the COVID um, out, like shelter-in-place order. And we felt like that was kind of where it was most necessary at the time being. But now, you know, it's been, what, few months? I don't even know how many months it's been exactly. I think we're coming up on um, six. And it's, it's time to, as our work has continued, and we've been an organization that's been super fortunate in the fact that we haven't had to let go of any of our staff. However, you know, our funding needs are still there. And so we're, we're getting back to asking our donors for, for some funding, especially since we have two new properties that are coming up. One is an escrow and one, we're getting really close to seeing if it's going to be a good potential preserve for us. And so we, we definitely need funding for that. We need funding just to, to keep operating in general. You mentioned it before, but I'm sure everyone knows what, what you guys do and, and where you're doing it. But just in case, where would people from North County have interacted with the work that you do in, in the form of preserves? And, you know, where would they know you from? Our, so Elfham Forest is a really popular area where people would hiking. Um, but really, our area is the watershed, the Escondido Creek watershed. So where the watershed begins up near Lake Wolford, all the way down to the San Alijo Lagoon. That whole territory is where the Escondido Creek runs. Um, and we own and manage roughly 3,000 acres in that territory. And we try to keep it, you know, as native and natural as we possibly can. And yeah, I feel like those are probably going to be the, anywhere in that region will own pieces of land. Or we've also helped preserve roughly 7,000 acres in that watershed as well. So if we don't own or manage it, uh, we helped others to preserve it. Sure. Nathan, you work a lot with volunteers. How has that changed uh, over the last few months? I mean, are you guys still hosting volunteer events or are they helping in different ways now? Yeah, we're no longer doing our volunteer events. Um, but what we are doing is continuing our land steward program. So volunteers can go out and adopt a preserve. And so since they hike by themselves on private preserves, usually there's no risk of running into other people. Uh, so that's continued. Sign me up for uh, that. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know. Yeah. Um, you can adopt one of our preserves from you know Sardine Preserve up by Lake Wolford to Boomin near San Alipo. So there's plenty of places to explore. Yeah, that's cool. I know that's a... We just went camping for the first time. And, and even then, there's this kind of unexpected anxiety to do something that is naturally social distance just because we've gotten in the habit of not leaving and staying home. Mm-hmm. And even just like the drive out to camp was kind of like... Well, what are we, what's going to happen when we get there? You know, we don't know, you know, maybe I don't, bears have COVID now. I don't know. And, and we laughed because when we did get there, there was signs up warning us about bears, mountain lions, rattlesnakes, plague infected squirrels, but nothing, <laughs> nothing about COVID. So we felt very safe. <laughs> in, in but it's, um, it's a totally interesting segue because, you know, during this whole COVID thing, we've always, you know, the staff and our supporters, we've always known how important the work we do is. But um, once the shelter in place order came into effect, people were all of a sudden looking for ways to escape their homes. Mm-hmm. And usually most people found that nature was their escape. And if they didn't realize it before, they realized it now how important the work 
of conservation is. So our mission, although it didn't change, the urgency of it really did. And that was one really kind of cool thing that happened during COVID. It was like, oh, everyone has to go outside. They don't have another choice. And then, you know, they are going hiking and exploring. And it was really, it was really cool. So glad you got an opportunity to go do it without crowds. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely is. It, it is. And you have time, like speaking for myself, when you're not going to work like physically on site every day or there's not all these social obligations that maybe you would have been doing naturally, mm-hmm. there's extra time that you have to fill and you can only watch so much TV or Hulu or whatever you're watching. We're watching alone on Hulu, like obsessively. Uh, <laughs> but you have time to read about things and research things a little bit more. So if people were interested... I was reading about your Missing Links project on your website, uh, which talks about kind of your efforts to create connected wildlife, which is already what you're talking about with the conservancy. But why is that connected part of it so important? Why can't you just establish different sites? But what is the value of connecting them together? You know, especially large mammals, deer and mountain lion, they need large areas of habitat in order to migrate, find food, find mates. And so that the genetic tool isn't just um, all within, there's genetic diversity within the species. Um, so that creates a more resilient species as well. And you can't get that when you have these isolated populations, you know, on either side of the highway. So it's really important to connect these uh, properties for their longevity. So one, one note on the missing links too is we um, have two potential properties. One I can speak a little bit more about because it's, I believe it's an escrow. Um, and that is our new Leomar Preserve, which borders Elfin Forest, Olivenhain, and Encinitas. Um, and it's about 80 acres, or it is 80 acres. And that is like prime gnat catcher territory. And the gnat catcher, the California gnat catcher, is an endangered bird in our area that is basically endangered due to loss of habitat. So that's a really cool another parcel because we already own quite a few parcels in that area. Um, and so that's just another connection. The other property that's a new potential preserve is um, 117 acres up in the Lake Wolford area. And that is near our Sardina Preserve. And so that linkage is really cool in the northern watershed because it goes from you know Lake Wolford, which is already pretty open, to our Sardina Preserve, to the Daly Ranch. And then it goes over to our Mountain Meadow Preserve. And so that's really, and then that area, if you go further East, it goes into Wahomey, right? Is it Rancho? No. What is that? Wahido? Wahido, yeah. Yeah. I have Wahomey next to me over here, and I always mix the two up. So, which is another huge open space. So, it's a, the northern watershed is looking really nice, right? For the, for the animals. Hey, everyone. We'll be right back with the second half of my conversation with Megan and Nathan. But first, some words about one of our sponsors. And now, back to the show. Have you seen any changes in the land now that people aren't going out as much? I mean, have you noticed any impacts on that? I mean, I, you see articles about how there's less, uh, say, carbon in the air and all that stuff. But on, a, on an actual day-to-day level, have you guys seen or noticed anything, uh, less trash or just less impacts? You know, I would say somewhat of the opposite. Um, I think especially when the shelter-in-place orders first went into effect, uh, Elfin Forest Recreation Reserve was was packed. So you, you saw a lot more use of the open reserves. And then you saw people trespassing onto our private reserves, which are protected for wildlife. So uh, we did see a lot more impact on those, and, and it was notable. Well, that speaks to the value of having 
people, stewards and rangers, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you said it, I made me think of articles you see about people taking four wheelers into national parks when there's a government shutdown and that kind of thing. And you're always like, what are you doing? There's so much other place you could go. Um, when we set this, uh, this, this call up, I asked if you had like anything you wanted to talk about. And there was just one thing, there was one line and it just had one word and it said Cal soul. What is Cal soul? So Cal soul is in the very beginning stages, but it's really pretty, pretty interesting thing that we're doing is our education team, which is a staff of two full-time people. They have written a statewide initiative for outdoor education for all schools in the state. So every, their goal is to have, you know, every student in the state of California get a component, component of outdoor education in their standard curriculum. And the, the, the benefits of that is by teaching children about the environment and getting them giving them a connection to nature and the environment, we are creating future generations who therefore care about the environment, hopefully. That's our plan. So we, you know, a lot of people don't live next door to open spaces. They they can live in, you know, the concrete jungles. And so it, it's something that children need. I mean, Nathan, you can probably elaborate on that. Yeah, well, I think it's interesting that COVID really highlighted the inequities when it comes to access to nature. And that's something that the Escondido Creek Conservancy's education programs have always strived to do is to uh, make sure all students have equal access to nature. And so with CalSOL, we want to stretch that initiative across all of California so that all students have that access to nature. So you get uh, health health benefits, academic benefits, um, people perform better or students perform better in tests and uh, just understand the concepts better when they get to put the, the science into practice outside. Yeah, that's very cool. How can uh, people get involved right now with what you guys are doing? Are there opportunities besides you mentioned the stewards? Where can they find those opportunities? How can they support you? You know, what can what what can we do out here? I mean, you can go to our website and find areas that interest you, um, or you can always just call or email me. I can. You can I don't know. Can you post my information? Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But it's just my name, Megan at EscondidoCreek.org. So, and you can get our contact info on the website too. And so, the website is what? EscondidoCreek.org. Thank <laughs> just, you, Ryan. You're welcome. Uh, It'll be, yeah, we'll link so it everywhere. I, I promise. <laughs> I think that fundraising, um, since we did take a step back and, you know, it, it, it it's an uncertain time and people are rightfully being a little bit more cautious where, where they're putting their money right now. Uh, like we all completely understand that our fundraising, our, our fundraising is down 30%. So donations are always greatly appreciated. And well, so it's also a good time to recognize what's, what is a value add in your life and where you want to put those dollars. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely, there is, there's definite value in the work that we do. And mm-hmm. earlier you had asked a question about, you know, some of the preserves and what we had noticed. Um, so we have some preserves that are more open to the public and we have some preserves that are not open to the public. And one of the beautiful things about the work that we do is, or especially our land managers is they kind of get to go out and work on these preserves and restore them and make them, you know, how they were intended to be. And it's just peaceful and no traffic all the time out there. So they get to see it. And a lot of these places are not disturbed already by everyday foot traffic, which is great because that's really, I mean, we want to have open spaces for people 
And we also realize that there need to be some open spaces for animals. So wonderful. There's well, a balance. It's all about balance, especially these yeah. days. Everything is, it feels like at one day to the next can vary so greatly, uh, even if everything stays the same. And so it's important to find your, your, your level ground. But yes. um, I really appreciate you guys taking some time. Cheers to you guys and, and the work you're doing. And I wish you the best for the rest of the year. Thanks, Brian. Cheers. Good to see you again. Good to see you too. A huge thank you to Megan and Nathan for joining me. It was great to learn more about the Conservancy's efforts. And if you want to connect with them or support the Conservancy, go to EscondidoCreek.org. I think especially now our collective awareness for the need and the value of outdoor spaces has gone way up. Organizations like the ECC are doing the difficult boots-on-the-ground work to make that happen. And I, for one, am grateful for the opportunity to get outside into the areas they've stewarded and for knowing someone is continuing to push for conservation of the watershed. If you're able to support them or want to volunteer your time, go to EscondidoCreek.org. That's all for this episode of the Cheers Podcast. Be sure to check out each Cheers North County column in your weekly Coast newspaper or go online to thecoastnews.com. This show and all of the Coast News podcasts can be found anywhere you listen to great podcasts, including on our new show directory right on thecoastnews.com. Just click on the podcast button at the top of the page. This episode of the Cheers North County podcast has been produced and recorded by me, Ryan Walt, and I'm really looking forward to a day when I can record these in person, post-COVID. Thanks for bearing with me as we navigate the remote working inconsistencies. If it isn't a creaky chair, it's a siren or a chirping bird in the background. Jordan Ingram is my editor-in-chief, the Coast News associate publisher is Chris Kidd, and our publisher is Jim Kidd. Thanks for listening, everyone. Be well, stay healthy and sane, and keep living the dream. Cheers, everyone.